0: welcome to International Voices, the June edition. This podcast focuses on some of the global and intercultural teaching and learning efforts that are taking place in Missoula County public schools and the advantages and disadvantages of such efforts. This is part two of a two-part series part one aired in may and featured five elementary school teachers and one principal from the missoula school district in today's podcast we will be focusing on global and intercultural teaching and learning in middle and high schools in missoula and i'm thrilled to be joined by four teachers three are seventh grade teachers mindy hammett from cs porter middle school garth smith from Washington Middle School, and Don Griffith from Meadow Hill Middle School. And one high school teacher, Lisa Moser, world languages teacher from Hellgate High School, will also be participating in this panel. International Voices is a monthly podcast brought to you by Global and Cultural Affairs of Arts Missoula and The Trail 1033. I am your host and moderator, Udo Fluck, Director of Global and Cultural Affairs in Arts Missoula. One of my service branches is a K-12 educational outreach program that offers over 200 global and intercultural competence-building seminars to Missoula School District students. It collaborates with 30 teachers in elementary, middle, and high schools and inspires over 600 students annually. It is offered free to students and teachers through the generous support of the Dennis and Phyllis Washington Foundation. We created a seminar series for second, third, and fourth grades in elementary school, seventh grade in middle school, and one seminar series for high schools. With this instructional design model, students will receive cultural and global perspectives and content in three different developmental stages during their primary and secondary education. I would like to welcome Don Griffith who teaches seventh grade at Meadow Hill Middle School in Missoula to this panel. How do the global and intercultural competence seminars offered in your classes connect to your existing curriculum?
1: I think that, uh, I think that the most interesting part and why the program, uh, this outreach program is so important to be taught at the seventh grade level is that if you look at the way that the middle schools are set up within Missoula County, Uh, We have 6th, 7th, and 8th graders in our school. 6th graders tend to have the personality uh, that is well-known within the elementary school. They're still quite innocent. They're not starting to look at those intrinsic values very well on who am I going to be a human being. 8th grade's interesting in that the students have really started to figure it out, and they're starting to kind of enter that high school mentality of they know the direction they're going, different things like that stuck in the middle are our dear seventh graders (laughs) and is what happens is that they're finally starting to uh, enter strong puberty. We're starting to see those young teenage years start to uh, be quite discombobulated. They don't know who they are, where they're going, different things like that. Uh, The thing that is so important with the outreach program is it offers our students one more opportunity to, to understand exactly What's going on with multiculturalism? Uh, Just understanding people across the board and who we are as human beings, not just necessarily as who we are as a individual group of race, uh, sex, male or female, where you come from, different things like that. So we really end up having this wonderful presentation. It's a week long presentation uh, given to our seventh grade students that is a tremendous boost, and and I actually see results of how students act before towards one another and then how they tend to act afterward. So I think that that's very important. Over the last couple of years, uh, it's again, it's done in the seventh grade arena. Uh, We have six teachers normally uh, per grade level, and that's about 190 students this last year We had seventh, it's a large group, the class of 2025 is large across the district. Uh, We had seven grade level, or seven classrooms, and we serviced 223 students last year.
0: How can global and intercultural awareness and competence help students develop skills to interact respectfully with those who are
1: different from them? once the program has been instilled into each of the classrooms, I see that the friendliness of this uh, unknown, that fear at this grade level, how do I communicate with this person? What are they like? The last question I have for you, Mr. Griffith, today is we
0: talked about uh, the learning happening in the classroom. How can students be encouraged so that they continue to develop their own global and intercultural competence outside of their traditional learning
1: environments? That's a tough question. And and the reason it's tough is that we would love to have the home front, uh, you know, be able to become more involved, especially at this crucial age. Uh, As we're all seeing, it's very hard due to the fact that parents are working very hard right now to try to buy the house, the average house in Missoula, different things like that. So time is already quite limited. So it's a very, I, I just don't think I have an answer to your question other than I would love to see more parent involvement of carrying this on for that next level in school. I do know that our counselors work very hard and I, and I don't know how much you are aware of this, but as what we do is after you have left, the students that are still struggling with these issues, we actually have support groups. There usually are six, we're right around six students, five, six students. And our, counsels, our, our counselors who work very hard with these kids have meetings. And they meet once a week and they talk. They continue to take the subjects that you brought forth and they continue to talk about those through the eighth grade year in these different meetings. So it, it, the system is there. Uh, other than that, I I don't know what is all set up at the high school level, but I know that they work very hard to trying to uh, grab onto these students that didn't quite get the lessons from seventh grade. And uh, we, we really try to scope that. So, again, it's a very tough question because I would love to see more on the home front. I greatly understand how everyone is so pressured, even more so now that we've had, gone through the last several months that we've gone through with the uh, COVID-19 but I really think that this allows that student at the seventh grade, the majority of them to have an incredible opportunity to mature in the right way, the way that our society would love to see students respect and love one another. And again, we do give that extra year of support. And even through seventh grade, the rest of seventh and eighth grade with uh, small social groups. So we work hard. It's not always successful, but again, we are dealing with the human being. so it's hard, to, it's hard to always focus in and get everyone on board. We are definitely looking forward to having you back, Professor. What you bring to the kid and anyone listening to this that does not have this program or would like to know more, I highly encourage you to look at this because this is something that your students will benefit greatly from. It will help reduce disciplinary issues within your school. Thank you,
0: Don Griffith, 7th grade teacher, Meadow Hill Middle School in Missoula, for sharing your observations. I'm very happy that Garth Smith is joining us from Washington Middle School in Missoula. He is a 7th grade teacher there, and um, I'm happy to have him join our podcast today. My first question, Garth, would be sort of um, in a general sense. How can global and intercultural awareness and competence help students develop skills to interact respectfully with those who are different from them?
2: That's that's a good question. I I was thinking about the fact that your approach is globally minded. You know, you you teach the kids a lot about things going on in the world. In fact, the other day, I was uh, a girl from across the street heard me Talking to you on my phone, and she said to her mom, "Hey, Garth's talking to Udo Fluke on the phone, and uh, she's like, he's the hat guy, <laughs> and uh, and so I asked her, I was like, what, what what's the hat guy all about? And and she says, well, he just he explains all these different hats from around the world, and sombreros and cowboy hats, and uh, and she came up with a list of of hats and as a way of uh, you know connect. I assume, connecting those kids to, to ideas about people from around the world. And so um, your, your global approach is interesting because I think kids at the middle school level, at least, don't have a lot of global experiences unless their parents have exposed them to them if they've been allowed to travel, had the privilege of traveling. Many kids, you know, don't get outside of the state. Uh, and so I think your idea of, a, of teaching kids about the world and, and, and different customs and cultures helps them appreciate that people are different. And, and I think their most immediate place where they can employ that then is with kids right there in the school. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, uh, you're, you're bringing up a good point that
0: uh, I frequently have that, that I go into a middle school class, seventh grade, and I have a couple kids look at me sort of, I've seen you before, I can't quite place you, and I'm trying to figure out, uh, you know, where I might have met you before. And then usually when the kids look at me like this and, uh, and they say, oh, um, have you come to the school before or where do I know you from? I usually ask them what, um, what elementary school they went to. And when they say uh, one of the ones that I'm, I'm doing the um, – or I have done – Uh, the Hats from Around the World uh, seminar series, that's the connection. And then they kind of go, oh yeah, I have seen you before. You were in my third grade uh, class at, uh, you know, Lewis and Clark or Chief Charlo. So it's kind of nice that they actually connect this and that it isn't something that, and when you think about it, you know, between third grade and seventh grade, um, it, it would be perfectly fine if something would be forgotten and probably a lot is. But the fact that they do remember this and they're saying, "Oh yeah, I've kind of heard this stuff before. It was a little different last time, but uh, but I remember," is really kind of neat. It 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 sort of shows that the kids make a connection between these uh, these different things.
2: Yeah, I think one of the kids in our class said, "Oh, you you brought the hats in, right?" Same same comment as my neighbor across the street. You were right, the hat in, right, right, right. And it's interesting because uh, the same then happens
0: at Hellgate. Uh, in high school, when the students go, "Hey, wait a minute i weren 't you the guy that um, when I was little, you had hats and and didn 't I see you again in uh, uh, in middle school at the c s Porter and you kind of go yeah that 's still me sorry i 'm you know <laughs> still there but but the fact that they that they sort of connect the dots and and that they go oh now i 'm hearing this sort of person for the third time, and I wonder what he's talking about now, and how is that going to be different from last time? Um, that, that was sort of the idea of having a, uh, a level in elementary school, one in middle school, and one in high school. That's all a little different, but all with the same idea of uh, of having uh, the students develop sort of a different perspective and, and uh, uh, appreciate um, other cultures and understand probably even other cultures a little better. How can embracing cultural differences in the classroom assist students in the understanding of multiple perspectives and provide students with a greater adaptability?
2: I I would hope that through what you teach, that kids would learn, again, not to come from a place of judgment first, but of just observation. What, What do I see? What do I witness? Um, And then hopefully that leads to, you know, some questions about why is that? What's, what's, what's behind that? What's the history of that? Um, You know, and, and, and again, like I said earlier, I think kids reacting to, to other kids in the school setting, you know, middle school. So uh, it's kind of egocentric, you know, it's a, it's very egocentric time of life. And so I think, and I wonder if you see this as well, you know, the, your experience with elementary to middle school, to high school kids, you know, I, I think, middle school tends to be more of an egocentric time of life so it's all about introspection and am i doing right and what's up with me and 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 not so much and, and there are many you know very much kids who aren't egocentric in that way who do look at other people and think of other people but it, it tends to be naturally an egocentric time of life and so i would hope through your teachings they, they like i say they learn to observe and 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 just just witness and and wonder and then start to ask questions and discover and say Oh, maybe this is why this person thinks that. Or
0: thank you so much, Gar Smith, seventh grade teacher at Washington Middle School in Missoula, for sharing your thoughts. I would like to welcome my next guest to the education panel today, Mindy Hammett, seventh grade teacher at CS Porter Middle School in Missoula. Thank you for being with us today.
3: Thank you for having me, Udo.
0: Of course. Educating for global and intercultural competence can help engage a rising generation in managing and even solving the social, political, economic, and environmental challenges we are facing today and will likely be facing tomorrow. And my question is, Mindy, how, how can global and intercultural competence connect to, a, to an existing curriculum?
3: Oh, I think there's lots of ways that uh, global competence um, can connect to what we're already teaching. We already teach our students to think critically and uh, read and for understanding. And if you're reading a text or reading a person, I think that um, can all connect very well. Um, we teach about historical events and current events. We teach about, um, Uh, true stories and fictional stories. And I think when you read about other cultures and other people and people sitting right next to you, I think anything that helps you understand the world better and understand the people in this world makes you a well-rounded and knowledgeable person.
0: Right. Um, When you think about sort of classroom uh, communication and collaboration within uh, within the classroom environment with the students that are in it. How can a cultural and global perspective help students um, connect with each other, especially if they if they have different uh, cultural or ethnic backgrounds themselves? Um, how can that sort of aid in um, making a group, a class, a team stronger?
3: Oh, always. Um, Anytime students can learn to think about other people and put themselves in somebody else's shoes or to consider somebody else's perspective, that makes everything better. uh, I teach seventh grade. Middle school is not always the most empathetic time period in people's lives. So anytime I can get a kid to look at another kid and say, oh, are you feeling sad today because maybe I should be paying attention to what your face is telling me, or maybe I should think about the fact that, you know, you didn't have breakfast this morning, or maybe I should think about the fact that you speak a different language first, or maybe I should think about the fact that you have a different religion than I do, or, you know, or that we have the same, but any time that you can get a seventh grader to, to think about other people and how they might be thinking or feeling or learning or moving through this world is a good thing. And then it makes teamwork all that much better. Anytime those kids can get together and and work together and listen and understand, um, it makes it makes learning better. It makes the day to day better.
0: Right. And that sort of your response to that question connects perfectly to the next question that I had in mind. And and that is if perhaps you have some activities or assignments that you give to your students that focus on aspects beyond the actual knowledge acquisition, but Mm -hmm. make students aware um how our world is interconnected, and that we 're all sort of in it together, if it 's uh, climate change if it 's uh you know sustainable food sources whatever it is um, are there some sort of activities that that you have used that that do a great job in facilitating that?
3: Um, I have two that come to mind. One, in the fall, in English, we teach the novel uh, A Long Walk to Water, and it's set in Sudan, and it's uh, the story of the lost boy. Um, and uh, he he tells his life story, and it's superimposed with a fictional character in modern Sudan struggling to get water and having to walk um, hours every day to get water, and it um, we use that as a way to... Um, teach perspective and teach character and all these things that we teach in English class. but it really does open up our seventh grade kids up to the idea that not everybody has water in this world. and it's such a, a huge issue in the world and that we we look at uh, water shortages and what a simple water pump can do in one small community. Um, that's one that I know that kind of opens their eyes to that. Um, Another one that's a little bit different is in seventh grade, we also study in history class. We teach about the crusades. And one activity that we do is a symposium where they have to study the crusades through six different specific historical figures. And two of them, of course, are Christian and two of them are Jews and two of them are Muslims. And they, they team up in groups. um, And one person has to pretend to be King Richard and then he has a team of people that work with him to help prepare for the symposium and they have to ask these probing questions and um, I know it's it's something that happened over a thousand years ago um, but we try to connect it to things today that you need to study things from different perspectives and not just get one voice or one angle on something
0: and you're bringing up a good point and that is that um, that really Uh, that that opened mind or that outside perspective, I think goes a long way in actually assisting with a whole bunch of things in a student's development. And um, one of my questions is, how do you think embracing cultural similarities and differences in the classroom assists students in the understanding of multiple perspectives and provide students with a greater adaptability in life.
3: Um. Yeah, i th- I think, I think all kids need exposure to all all kinds of things to make them think and realize the the wide degree of of differences and similarities that we have in the world. I think anything that that um, teaches you something new or lets you reflect on something that you already know in a different way um, really helps. It just, it just, it just opens you up to more new things. And I think the, one of the worst things that can happen is when people shut themselves in some kind of echo box, you know, echo chamber that just repeats what you already know or only tells you what you already think Is the only way. And so anytime you can break those down in a way that um, is personal and real and impacting, you know, can help kids. When students learn about other cultures and other ideas, um, you know, for example, if they learn that, uh, uh, you know, if they only have cereal for breakfast every single day of their life, and then they learn that, you know, in some other culture, in some other part of the world, that this, um, it's more common to have a bowl of rice or this group has fish or um you know whatever they learn they're like, Oh, the way that i've always done it isn't the only way that it's done, and so i think um I think that generally leads to more creative problem solving and more out of the box thinking because there's all of a sudden so many more boxes like it's just um yeah it's very eye opening
0: right great that's yeah, I was. Wondering if, if uh, a teacher would see it that way. That's great to hear. <laughs> uh, what role can parents play in their child developing uh, this global and intercultural perspective?
3: Uh, well, as a parent myself and um, as a teacher of, of kids for, for 20, 20 years, um, I think parents are, of course, the, the first and foremost. They're the most important ones. They are the, the voice that kids come home to and talk to, and they're the, they're the person they listen to and um, learn from. And parents, I, I can only take my kids to so many field trips, and I can only expose my kids to so many things in the classroom, although I have a lot of opportunity to do so. Parents have inherently more opportunity to have those conversations and bring in uh, guests and attend events and travel to places if they can afford it, Um, I know I've had some parents say, oh, I'm so sorry we have to miss a week of school because we're going to the Lily Festival in California and I'm sorry. And I I say, don't apologize. I can't take your kid to the California Lily show, please, by all means, go. You know, so that exposure that parents have, but I think even just more so the perspective they can have, the openness they have, the the willingness to ask questions, the willingness to learn, the willingness to accept. Um, Parents are essential in that line.
0: And along with parents, how how can new technology and and, and certainly social media um, help or hinder mm. the development of global and intercultural perspectives?
3: Oh my gosh, that is a hot topic right now, isn't it? Yeah. we're all living in a virtual world. It is. It's deep. Um, the the virtual field trips that I've been able to take in the last three weeks, both just because I've been curious, or a friend has sent me one, or I've been looking for things for students um, there's so much out there. Um, my grandfather grew up in North Dakota Minot north Dakota on a farm he he uh He barely left the state right he he laid railroad track all across north uh, northern montana and and North Dakota and you know that's basically all the world he saw and I think about it doesn't matter where you live these days you can you can see every place if you want to. I mean, it's through a screen, but you can you can visit it you can you can have a zoom meeting with somebody in Chile and you can i mean, I mean, there's really so many possibilities that that opens the door and and with that, I suppose you know, even today, with all of our ability to interconnect and learn from each other and have conversations and listen, we still have people who continue to spread hate or lies or misinformation or there's judgment and there's there's racism. I mean there's it's it's still out there, you know? But it's hard because kids especially need to learn to navigate those waters even more than you or I ever did because I didn't grow up as a teenager using that kind of media, or having that kind of influence. And they right. they are swimming in it.
0: How have the global and intercultural competence seminars that um, that global and cultural affairs offers to schools in the district assisted in or supported the curriculum that you have in seventh grade?
3: Um, I would say that your, the curriculum that you have shared, that you've brought when you've come into our schools and taught lessons to our seventh graders, it's, um, it's not really a lesson that, that we are covering. I think you are bringing in an additional resource. Um, I think you are presenting information in a way uh, that kids are listening and learning about how to be a global citizen, how to learn about other people, how to think about their own actions and their own culture and their own view so that they can then understand and relate and connect to other people and other
0: cultures. Thank you, Mindy Hammett, seventh grade teacher at C.S. Porter Middle School in Missoula for your responses. I would like to conclude the podcast today by visiting with Lisa Moser, World Languages teacher at Hellgate High School in Missoula. She has been teaching German for 30 years, half of which at Hellgate. She also has taught French for many years at Hellgate. Hallo, guten Tag, bonjour, Lisa Moser. Thank you for joining me and your colleagues on International Voices today.
4: Schönen guten Tag, vielen Dank, good day to you and thank you for the invitation.
0: You're very welcome. Lisa, Often as teachers, we are conditioned to focus on knowledge. While knowledge is one aspect of global and intercultural competence, such competence goes beyond interpersonal skills, compassion, critical and comparative thinking, as well as critical and creative problem solving. As a foreign language teacher, What benefits do you see a global and intercultural program offer?
4: They offer students a new perspective and ways of thinking about things, excuse me, that have never occurred to them at all. Um, Even the smallest things, kids wondering why, why, you know, why do you put two dots over certain letters of the alphabet? And well, we don't do that. Well, yeah, can you imagine? Maybe not everybody sees things from our, our perspective. Like, people don't grow up thinking that or they don't rely on English. They don't fall back on English. Not everything is compared to English. And that's, that alone is a huge aha moment for students to, and then um, any additional information that's provided only deepens that um, curiosity.
0: Right. Um, I've often heard, and I'm sure you have too, people say language and culture learning kind of goes together. It isn't something that's separate. How, how do you see that or how do you practice that um, when you teach foreign languages?
4: Yeah, I call it intrinsic. I mean, they're completely interdependent. Um, how do I see it? How do we do it? A lot of it's through food, even, you know, simple table manners. Um, And the way the table is set, the kinds of things that are eaten, and that has to do also with um, geographical features in those um, host countries or target language countries. Um, We also look at the news every single week, and we see how differently things are reported. There are some over 30 um, French-speaking countries, and then the collection of five, four, five, German-speaking countries, depending on if it's official or unofficial, and even within each of those target language countries, news um, items can be reported differently. So there, I mean, just a constant widening your eyes to different perspectives.
0: Right. Now, why is that important, uh, especially at the high school level where you are teaching?
4: Sorry, I didn't mean to evade the question. (laughs)
0: No, 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 no.
4: Well, they're getting ready to leave home. And the kinds of things you think about, the problem solving, the different perspectives you think about in a language class, in, in any class, really, any discussion, are things you're going to encounter even with a roommate from, you know, Conrad, Montana. Sure, they're not from a different culture. But you've had this little bit of extra training, little bit of extra practice, Thinking about things from different perspectives that you know maybe in colder climates people are a little bit more reserved oftentimes according to this cultural studying I did and maybe this person isn't unfriendly they're just a little more standoffish based on their cultural influence.
0: Um, What activities or assignments do you give your students that focus on aspects beyond the knowledge acquisition and make students aware how our world is interconnected especially from a world language
1: perspective
4: um well there are assignments that take them to visit other places via the internet but even way more directly and personally is um through foreign exchange hosting um students from our sister city and taking students to that school and that town there
0: So there is this connection that um, goes beyond the actual seminar
2: that Mm -hmm. students make to.
4: That's what you want, ideally. Right. You can apply it to your everyday life. And the the really great stories of when um, students have um, had you visit their class in grade school and they go, oh, the hat guy. And then the the whole hat concept, the, the cultural concepts that you present, then take on a new meaning in that sort of more grown-up context.
0: How have the global and intercultural competence seminars assisted sort of facilitating and connecting to the standing curriculum?
5: The um, cultural competency seminars are c- completely in line with our uh, Missoula County Public Schools world languages curriculum that focuses on four C's, which are communication, culture, Connections and comparisons, and so everything we do. Well, okay, the 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 seminars are not held in the target language of German, but when I ask students to reflect on what was presented, or I present the same information in German, that community or that yeah German communication piece is fulfilled. Um, they're making connections constantly between um, what they've learned thus far about German culture, their own culture, and other cultures they may be familiar with via their circle of friends or other classmates.
0: Great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps in closing, um, what would you want other teachers to know about um, infusing uh, a curriculum with a cultural and global perspective? Anybody that is Uh, that is listening right now.
5: Oh, I think you just, I, I guess I didn't imagine that my colleagues didn't already. (laughs) infuse <laughs> their lessons. But I yeah, I, I'm, I'm busy teaching. I'm not able to visit other other classrooms. But you know, I've had five kids go through the Missoula County public school systems. And um, at all levels, I've heard my, my own kids talk about cultural experiences they've had in their classrooms. So I feel like it's already pretty well incorporated. But any more that anyone would want to incorporate, you can only enhance it, um, be it via art or music or food. I mean, pretty much every single thing we touch every day came somehow a part of it, if not all of it, from another culture. I mean, we are the youngest culture, as a country anyway.
0: Thank you, Lisa Moser, World Languages Teacher at Hellgate High School in Missoula, for your participation on this panel. This concludes our podcast. I would like to thank the four middle and one high school teachers in Missoula for their participation in this podcast. Mindy Hammett, seventh grade teacher at C.S. Porter Middle School. Garth Smith, seventh grade teacher at Washington Middle School. Don Griffith, seventh grade teacher at Meadow Hill Middle School. And Lisa Moser, world languages teacher at Hellgate High School. Thank you for listening. Or, as we say in German, Dankeschön fürs Zuhören. I had mentioned in my introductions in both the May and June podcasts that we would focus on global and intercultural teaching and learning programs that are offered to Missoula County public schools and the advantages and disadvantages of such programs. Nine teachers and one principal from Missoula described in two podcasts the advantages of global and intercultural knowledge and perspectives. But please allow me to add a sentence on the disadvantages of such programs. Having an opened mind, a greater cultural awareness, a better global understanding, increased international sensitivity, and expanded knowledge about the world and the diverse people living in it does not seem to have any drawbacks. And believe me, we looked. International Voices is brought to you by Global and Cultural Affairs of Arts Missoula and The Trail 1033. This and previous International Voices podcasts can be found at artsmissoula.org and thetrail1033.com. Please join us again for the July edition of international voices.